Welcome, welcome, welcome to TikToking. I am your host, Kevin Hughes. Man, do I have a guest today. I have Jasmine on the show today, aka Traveling Mama of Two. She is so well known throughout the TikTok community and so well loved. I cannot believe her fan base. Like, seriously, I jumped on her live with her one night and I was just like overwhelmed with how much love and support she has from her fans. And I think it's absolutely amazing. I'm so excited for you guys to hear this episode. She was such a fun guest, such a great person, and we had a great time. So without further ado, here is Jasmine, a.k.a. Traveling Mama of Two, right here on TikToking with me, Kevin Hughes. Enjoy. TikToking, TikToking, where creators come to play. TikToking, TikToking, find out what they have to say. TikToking, TikToking, fascinating TikTokin, a TikTokin, TikTokin with Kevin Hughes. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This is awesome. I'm so excited for it. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, okay, I want to hit this right off the bat. So, the first thing I noticed about you when I actually discovered you on your live was your profile says full-time RV living. Now, how, how does that work? Like, I I mean, I guess I'm curious with a family, like uh, I could, I've always envisioned myself maybe doing it if I were by myself or maybe without children, but I want to know kind of what it, what it's like to just live in an RV with two children and then your husband. So it's not bad. We've actually been living this lifestyle for about six years. Mm. Um, We started out whenever our oldest daughter was only three weeks old. My husband had got um, a job to start traveling and we didn't want to split our family up because we just had a a newborn at the time. So we bought um, actually a very small camper at that time just to kind of see if we were going to like the lifestyle. And um, it worked out great. We only kept that camper about six months and then we upgraded. Um, Now that we have two children, we have upgraded again. We have a 43 foot fifth wheel and um, the girls have their own bedroom. They have their own loft. We have our own bedroom. Um, It's pretty much like a little mini trailer on wheels. That's amazing. And do you stay in one place or do you guys hop around quite a bit? No, we hop around. Um, we've been to 22 states so far. Oh, wow. We have, um, now we haven't worked in all 22 states. It's been more um, of exploring. Like, say, for instance, we are in South Carolina right now working. We explored North Carolina while we were here and this close. Um, but we have worked in quite a few states. Um, but yeah, we hop around just, you know, depending on his job. Okay. And I was going to ask so, I'm assuming, and you don't have to, I guess, say where you guys work exactly, but what kind of work do you guys do that enables you to bounce around the way you do? Yeah, um, Josh works in the gas and chemical refineries. His project controls, so he, like, schedules and plans and estimates the jobs, um, and he's been doing that for quite some time now, you know, ever since we've been traveling. 
Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. I also work in natural gas. Uh, I work at the gas plants myself. So, uh, him and I have a little bit of similar, I know his is in the refinery part of it, but, uh, there are some similarities to the plants and the, the refineries. So that's really cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is. Yeah. So where are you guys statewide located now? We are currently in South Carolina, but we will be um, moving to Missouri on January 7th. Okay. Not too far from Colorado. That's where I'm at, actually. Right. Yeah, not too far. We'll be there for quite a few months. And how do you guys plan where you're going to go to next? So it's this is actually the first time that we've had this much notice. Usually it's only about a week or so notice. Um, but whenever they say, Hey, you're going to this city, I just start looking up campgrounds and try to find the most family friendly one. Wow. So was it the job, I guess, that enticed you guys to live this way or live this lifestyle? Or did you guys have this planned kind of before the job kind of came into place? No, it was just kind of, um, of an opportunity that he had got, and we knew it was a good opportunity for our family. So when they offered him, um, he was already sort of doing that type of work at home, um, but he had got the option to go work out of town. And we knew we didn't want to split our family up, you know, just having a newborn. Um, so we just started traveling, and we've been doing it ever since. That, that's amazing. I find it so interesting and I find it so cool. And now with you doing it six years now, I have to know what are the pros and cons that you have kind of experienced with the RV living? So I can say the only con, uh, well, a few cons I like relaxing in a bathtub. We obviously don't have a huge bathtub in the camper or RV, whatever you would like to call it. Um, so that's one of my cons. And then it's like, you got to do maintenance. If you don't do maintenance in an RV, something's going to go wrong. So you kind of have to stay on top of it. But other than that, you know, there's not too many cons. You know, we don't like our neighbors. We can pack up and move. Yeah. Um, you know, we don't like the campground. We can pack up and move. Um, so there's not too many cons to it. Um, I would say there's definitely more pros than cons. And what would you say your favorite part of living that lifestyle is? Um, you know, for one, getting to be with my husband every night, the girls being with their dad every day, um, not splitting our family up and, you know, just all of the different adventures we go on. Um, you know, we, so we see so many different parts of the country and you never know where we will end up. Yeah, that's so amazing. And now you said you had two girls. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So with your two girls, obviously you said your oldest was three weeks old or three months old when you started this. Yes. She was three weeks old whenever we started this and she is currently six years old. Okay. So they, they don't know any different, but, uh, I guess like when you guys go and, and visit family or friends and, that you know they have homes like houses how do they react do they ever ask questions like how come we don't live in a house like this well so actually within our six years of rvn we have lived in an apartment twice um we were sent to north dakota um for 10 months and we didn't want to bring our camper and um you know in that degree of weather 
So we did, we got a three-bedroom apartment, and the girls, I mean, they like the space, but um, they love the camper. You could talk to Ella and Evie anytime, and they will say, if I ask them, you know, do they want a house or do we want, do y'all want to stay in a camper? They say, no, we love our camper. We want to travel. Okay. that That's so cool. I, I, I have a lot of questions about this only because I'm, I'm so intrigued by it. So right. myself and my wife, we've actually considered doing the whole tiny home thing once the, the kids leave the house. And I, I've, watched a lot of documentaries. I've watched a lot of TV series about it, but I really haven't been able to speak to someone who has been doing it long enough and with a family to know their experiences. So for you having a family and, and living this lifestyle is very intriguing to me. And I, and I want to, I want to know it all, you know, it's very interesting. I'm, I'm so excited to I guess, hear about the ups and downs and, and, um, the frustrations and, and everything like that. And, um, so what in, I guess, what convinced you to start building a social media around this lifestyle? I know now, like I, I've watched your TikToks and you're hilarious, by the way, I love your content and, oh, well, thank you so much. Yeah, I'm just curious, I guess, what made you, I guess, start it out and making sure that people knew that you were living, in, you know, in an RV full time? So, honestly, I hated TikTok for the longest time. My husband had it for a good year before me. He didn't mm-hmm. post. He would just scroll. And I would be like, Josh, why are you just sitting there watching people you know, make videos of their self. Like, what are you doing? Well, finally, one day I downloaded the app and just for months and months, I just scrolled, you know, just like he did. Well, I said, you know what? I'm going to post me a little video. And I posted a video and it went viral. And Your very I first was, one? Yes. My very first, first wow. video went viral. And I was like, Okay. Well, I didn't post often, like maybe once every couple of weeks. Like I really didn't even know how to work it or anything like that. Um, and then it was about the, well, it wasn't of the camper. It was of our campground that we were at. Um, and so I was like, well, you know, let me post another one. And I would only post every couple of weeks. And then for a while, I didn't post for a couple months. And then, um, I guess I've really been on, really only been on TikTok for about a little over a year, but I would say those first four months or so, I hardly posted, you know, not much at all. Um, But once I saw, you know, that I was growing, you know, fairly quickly, I was like, well, you know, if I keep up with it, you know, it might turn into something and here we are. Yeah. So I have to say, before we got on here, you were actually live on TikTok and I've had yeah. quite a few guests that have also done this as well, but I have never seen their followings in their, I guess, audience on their live be as excited as I saw your fans to hear that you were going to be on the podcast. I mean, it was literally, who's Kevin Hughes? Where can I find it? Are you going live? When is it going to air? Like, yeah. are you going to have to pay for it? It was just nonstop and I I haven't seen it that active before and and I thought it was so cool and it just tells me how much you're you mean to your fans you know and that's amazing 
Yes, and I love my fans. I have met quite a few of them in person. Um, I appreciate the love and support that they show my little family. Um, I can say I have a great support system from my fans, and um, it has just turned into like my little community, and I absolutely love them. Yeah, so cool. So living in these campgrounds, I'm assuming you guys are outdoors quite a bit, right? Yes, we went on a four-mile hike today. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, that's what I was curious about. Like, what do you guys do with the kids when uh, you're you're settled into your to your next stop, like what what kind of uh, fun things do the girls like to go and do? So um, we try to do different things, you know, just depending on the area that we are in. Um, while we've been in South Carolina, we went we have been hiking quite a bit. Last time we were in Missouri, um, we did a few vacations. We went to Branson um, two times. We went to Chicago once because we were only three hours from there. Um, So we did more of like, you know, little vacations there compared to hiking and things like that. Um, I guess it really just depends like, you know, on the area. But the girls love to be outdoors. Um, My oldest, Ella, she is into like reading books and things like that. So she doesn't mind staying indoors sometimes. um, And, you know, they're homeschooled. So, um, you know, it really just depends on where we're at and what they have to offer. Okay. And how does the, the, the RV do in the weather? Like, I know, have you guys been in, like, what's the coldest climate you guys have been in living in your RV? So actually just this past week, the care, uh, where we're at in South Carolina, it got down to negative one, um, was like the field temperature, um, it does fairly well. Um, so we actually have a Four Seasons RV is what it's called. Um, it is, I guess you could say, like, uh, it's good for all four seasons, whereas some campers are not. Mm. Um, and honestly, some people, like, you know, that are in the RV life or they're wanting to start it, they all ask questions. And I don't mind, you know, answering them whatsoever because, you know, I want them to know as much about it as possible. Um but for like heat and stuff, we have a fireplace that I keep on and we have one small heater in our hallway and that usually does it for us. Like we don't burn through a ton of propane and things like that. Um, like some people, all they knew to do is to run their furnace, which is propane. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not terrible. It's very doable, I would say. Okay. And I wonder what the difference is, I guess, between a four seasoned RV and a regular RV, do they just insulate it different and do they use drywall or is it still the paneling? I think it's still the paneling, I would say. Um, but it, I think it's more of like the underneath and the pipes and things like that. It's more insulated that way, you know, you don't have to worry about your pipes busting. Like our underneath is heated and things like that. Whereas just a regular non four season camper um, would not have all of that. Okay. And I am curious with the campgrounds, how hard is it to find a campground that you are able to basically settle in at and stay at compared to, I've seen a lot of campgrounds, like the most you can do is a week and then you have to like, I guess, I guess find another spot or reserve another spot. Do you run into that a lot? 
Um, actually, not too often. Uh, coming to South Carolina was our first time running into that problem. Um, like I said, we've been doing this six years, and I truly believe this is our first time having that problem. But we actually got through that. Um, we have became a camp host for the campground we're currently at, and I've been helping them with their social media work. So whereas one normal camper would have to move every 30 days, we do not. Oh, okay. Well, that's uh, really cool. Yes. So that was a plus. Um, but other than that, it hasn't been too bad, which we've been to mainly Texas. We've been in Texas a while. We've been to Louisiana, Missouri, um, North Dakota, South Carolina, and quite a few others. But I think South Carolina has been only one of the only ones that have the law to where like you have to move every certain amount of days. Okay. Now I will say this, if you book like a, um, a state park or, um, you know, something like that, they do have a rule. You have to move like every 14 days, but as long as you find like a privately owned campground, it's not as bad. Okay. And how has the inflation, I guess, with the economy the way it is? First off, you guys are probably saving so much money living this lifestyle, which is amazing. And that's what is also enticing to me. But how has the economy with the way it is now affected the cost of, I guess, uh, reserving spots at a campground? Have those really spiked in price as well? Um, so I can say South Carolina has been the most expensive place we have ever lived. Um, now, as far as saving money living in an RV, it's totally doable. If you own your RV, you do not have a note and you live like um, either at a very cheap campground um, or you own like your own land and you park on your own land, you could definitely save a ton of money. Unfortunately for us, we, um, our camper is financed. So until we pay it off, you know, we still have a camper note. Sure. Um, and then you can find decent campgrounds. Um, so we've paid anywhere from like three fifty a month to about a thousand a month for a campground spot. Um, and the three fifty a month, it was very nice. It didn't have, you know, uh, in a pool or anything like that. Um, so I would say we really equal out to a mortgage right now between our camper note and the lot rent, things like that, electric note, um, electric bill. So you can save money. It just depends on your lifestyle and things like that. So you still have an electric bill? The The electricity doesn't come with the campsite? I would say about 70% of them do not include electric. Wow. I did not know that. Right. So the one we're at currently, it does include electric. Um, we were at a different one um, in South Carolina before this one. It did not include electric. Um, and then, I mean, I would say about 70% does not include it. So how does that work? So you, they still provide you with an electrical source, but whatever power you use, it's kind of like what they, you know, they come and check a meter, kind of like what they do at a house. Correct. Yep. Just like that. So you don't have to go like get a permit or anything. They supply the electric and you, they just charge you by kilowatt. Um, and some campgrounds like the one we're going to on Missouri, 
um, up to a certain amount of kilowatts is included in that price. And then if you go over, you pay. Um, every campground is different, but a lot of them, no, it's not included. Wow. I had no idea. That, that is crazy. And what about water? Do they charge separately for water as well? So in our six years, we've never been charged for water, um, garbage, or sewer. Usually all three of those are included. Okay. Well, that's good at least. I, I, I really thought, you know, they would provide everything with, with the price of the camp site. Uh, so right. I guess that's a little irritating. And But I guess if you've been doing that pretty much the whole time, then uh, then you're used to it by now, you know? Right, yes. Have you guys ever thought about going solar? Um, we have, but I think it's more for like people that boondock, like, you know, fill up their water tanks and they don't pay a lot rent. They stay, you know, they boondock, um, which that would not work for us, you know, because just daily life with two kids and me cooking and cleaning the kitchen every night and things like that. Um, but we wouldn't be against getting some solar panels. Okay. And I have to ask, I'm not familiar with the term boondock. What does that mean? So boondock is more for people that do not stay at campgrounds and pay a lot rent. They will find like free places to stay, like um, open to the public and they will just like park their camper. They don't have any hookups, like no electric, no water, no sewer. Um, and they just kind of, uh, you know, live off, I don't want to say live off the land, but, you know, they just live, they have their water tanks full to where they still have some water, only a limited amount, and they have their solar panels, you know, for all of that stuff, but, you know, they don't stay in a park. Okay. All right. And I'm also curious, this is a big curious or curiosity for me. How Mm -hmm. often do you meet people that are also doing the same type of living as you are is it more people just going camping with their family and then going back home or do you find a lot of people living that lifestyle i will say within the past few years two to three years we have met so many more families that are doing this actual lifestyle compared to just camping now on the weekends the campgrounds do get a little more full um, with, you know, just your weekend campers and things like that. But no, we have ran into hundreds of families that are living this lifestyle. That is amazing. And what is. is the largest, what is the largest family that you have met that are living in, in their campers or RVs? I believe we have met a family. My husband's telling me. Oh, okay. They had 12 kids. Holy cow. Uh, Yes, 12 kids, um, husband, wife, and 12 kids. We met them in Texas. Um, and quite a few families we have actually, um, you know, created a little relationship with, and we keep in touch. And if we're ever, like, you know, in the same area, we try to meet up with them. Yeah, that's cool. It's almost like you you have this connection with, with these families and these people that are living this lifestyle. And it's almost like you get to – build a friendship, but like keep your neighbors close, even though you may be like on the other side of the country, you guys still stay in contact. Like for me, every time I've moved, it's pretty rare that I actually ever talk to my old neighbors again. You know what I mean? So I think that's amazing. And I think that's something more people should consider. And I honestly think 
they should start the providing people the opportunity who can't afford a home or are struggling to pay rent because there's a lot of people out there like that and they should mm-hmm. give them the opportunity and build communities like this with either campers or or tiny homes to allow people to afford a good style of living you know right absolutely you know and we've we've actually met um a few people like that you know they couldn't afford their rent or their mortgage and things like that and they sold out and they're living in their camper and it can absolutely um you know be more affordable that way for some people um you know if they own their camper um you know some people will sell out of their house and take you know what they made buy a camper outright and you know they're like financially free from that mortgage um we've met quite a few people like that and um you know that's that's great for them you know and now they're just traveling and you know doing what's best for them Yeah. So I, myself, uh, my wife and I were in a combined family. So, um, from my previous marriage, I had three children and from her previous marriage, she had three children and then, um, we had one together. So we have seven kids. So that's Mm -hmm. why I asked that question of what's the largest family you've met. And I am really curious how large, and how it worked for 12 kids. So I guess a total of 14 people to live and be comfortable in, in a camper or RV. Like in my head, I'm thinking this is, this has got to be some mansion sort of like camper or something. I, I mm-hmm. especially, I'm assuming half of those kids are teenagers, right? I mean, 12 of them, they've got to be right. 16, 17. So did you guys ever have a conversation like that with them? Like how they were able to, or how they're able to survive in that style of living with that many kids? So, um, I know for a few families that we have met larger families, you can actually purchase a three bedroom, um, RV or camper, whichever you would like to say more of a fifth wheel, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. So the parents would have their own room, you know, and then they would have a middle room uh, called like a mid bunk. Um, they had two queen size beds. So I guess four of the children would sleep in there, like four of the girls. And then in the, then they would have like their living room and kitchen area. And then in the back, it would be more of like a um, two queen beds and then kind of like a loft. So another really four to six kids could sleep back there. Hmm. Um we have met, well, I, uh, one family like that that had that exact setup, um, but quite a few families, larger families uh, that I have talked to, um, they have that same exact setup camper, that style. Not the same exact one, but, you know, that setup. Wow. Yeah, I think unless you've been doing this a very long time, I think where my kids are at, age-wise, you know, we range basically from 17 all the way down to five. I I think with them being used to having their own individual rooms and, and being teenagers with their own bathrooms, I really right. think, like, if we decided to do that right now, there's no way. Like, we would last maybe three days because they would be at each other's throats right away. Right. No privacy, you know. Uh, but I think that is so cool for people that are able to do that and for their kids to be accepting of something like that. I know 
I, and I'm not sure how old you are, and I don't, I don't know if you mind me asking. I'm 26. Okay, 26. So I'm 38, and I know growing up in the 90s, it was like my my family, whatever my parents said, that's what went. You know what I mean? Right. There was no arguing. That was set in stone. Well, it has changed so much from then till now, and pretty much like the kids are definitely more spoiled. They have more access to everything with technology and there is just, there would be no way I think to convince them to live that lifestyle. And even if we made them at full force parent parental force, I think it would just eventually just crash around us because they would hate us forever. They would never forgive us, you know, (laughs) but I definitely, yeah, and I definitely want to pursue that lifestyle once, maybe once um, the other kids are out of the house and we just have our one daughter, like something like mm-hmm. that would work. And I am very curious about it. And I guess for you guys now doing it six years, do you foresee yourself living this way for a long time into the future? Or are you getting to the point where you're like, I'm almost ready to get back to just settling in one spot. Um, so we, we could say in five years, okay. um, definitely a few more years. Um, now if our kids get to a certain point and they're like, Oh, we want to live in a house or, Oh, we don't want to live in here. Then absolutely. We would consider, um, you know, settling down. Um, Josh could get a job back home, you know, doing what he does. Um, but right now we like traveling. We like moving around, seeing different things. The kids are fine with it. Homeschooling's going great. So I say a few more years, um, for sure. We will keep traveling. And that was actually another question I had. So you do homeschool the girls. We do. Okay. That's awesome. I mean, your husband has a full-time job and I know how, at least it luckily from him, he gets to work from home. It sounds like. No. So he actually goes to the refineries every day. Oh, okay. So similar to what I do. So I'm, I'm at the plant every day and and I know with this kind of work, how physically draining it can be, but yes. it cannot compare to a mother's job not only being the primary parent with the children all the time, but also including the schooling, like good for you. That, I I, I mean, I bow down to that because that is amazing that you're able to hold the fort down like that. And, and I think personally as a guy and myself, I think I would go nuts and it's not because I don't want to be around my kids all the time. It's just, I feel like, I need that breather. Like sometimes I hate going to work, but at the same time, it's like, okay, I can breathe for a minute and like kind of, you know, release that, but you don't get that. And has that taken a toll on, on yourself mentally at all? Or do you just love doing what you do? Um, it hasn't really taken a toll on me. Um, I enjoy it. I like, um, you know, homeschooling the kids, especially the world that we're living in nowadays. Um, it's just a completely different world from whenever I was going to school when Josh was going to school. Um, 
some days, you know, I do get a little overwhelmed, but it's not nothing that, you know, I can't handle. Um, I'm used to it. You know, I've been doing this for six years now. Yeah. Um, and I do get a break every once in a while. You know, Josh will take the kids. I'll go get my hair and my nails done. Or sometimes my sister will fly into wherever we're at. Jo- me and Josh will have a date night. Things like that. Um, but no, I would say, you know, I love it. I'm, I'm used to it. You know, they're my life. Yeah. And, and something you just said right now has me kind of like in awe. And it's, you just said that sometimes your sister will fly out to where you are so that you guys can kind of have a break and have a date night. I mean, how awesome is that, that your family is so on board with your decision to do this, that they're willing to come wherever you are to help you out like that foundation and that, that family love is just something you don't hear about every day. And I think right. that is so amazing. Like you guys are very blessed and very lucky to, to have that support. So that's amazing. That's for sure. Yeah. We that's are. so cool. Josh's mom, um, his whole family actually, well, it's not his whole family, but like his mom and dad and siblings, they, um, so we went home for Louisiana to Louisiana for Christmas and they drove back up to South Carolina with us. They are at the hotel right down the street. And she'll probably keep the girls one of the nights while me and Josh go have a date night. Wow. And, and, and I bet that's so helpful because you have to think the privacy, especially even with two kids, the privacy in a minimal space, it, you don't get much of it. You know, right. I mean, even even in a house that I live in, I, I still don't feel like I have the privacy that I want all the time. So. Right, right to be able to, and then with you bouncing around state to state, still being able to have that opportunity to get out and enjoy your marriage with just your spouse and yourself it is so needed. And it's so therapeutical because in, in my eyes, if you don't have that, I, it, it, it could cause a lot of unnecessary issues in a relationship, in a relationship. So that is so amazing that you guys still have the opportunity to do something like that. So you guys have done everything correctly and it's, it's so cool. And uh, like I said, I'm sorry. I know I keep going on and on about your style of living, but it's so amazing to me. I think it's great. Yes. Um, I will definitely say it's not for the week. Um, it definitely takes dedication and um, a lot of discussion and communication. Um, it's definitely not for the week. You got to, you know, just push through and keep on and, uh, you know, communicate. Yeah. And earlier you said you've lived in 22 different states now. Is that correct? Um, so we haven't actually lived in 22 different states. We have visited 22 different states. Um, so we only mark off a state if we have actually stayed the night there and explored that state. We have drove through several states, but we have not, we don't mark them off unless we actually do something. Okay. How many states, if you know, off the top of your head, how many states have you actually, I guess, stayed in for a decent amount of time? Um, how many states have we stayed in for a decent amount of time? I would say roughly maybe 10. And that's still a lot. So my question is, 
Is there a particular location that you got to spend some time in and have absolutely fell in love with it and decided maybe that would be the place that you want to eventually settle down in? Oh, absolutely. So we worked in North Dakota for 10 months. And in those 10 months, we explored several states around there. Um, Montana is our absolute number one state, even though it's like brutal, cold weather um, in Montana, you know, during the wintertime, it's still our favorite. Now, South Carolina is probably definitely um, our second choice. But if we could just move somewhere and live there forever, it would be Montana. Okay. Yeah. I, so myself, I, I've actually had to go and do some work up in uh, North Dakota as well. And I personally, I mean, here in Colorado, we get some cold weather, but good Lord, it, it is cold in North Dakota. And, uh, <laughs> But I had the opportunity to drive through Montana quite a bit and see a lot uh, while I was doing that traveling. And that state is absolutely beautiful. It's, it's just so you don't, beautiful. yeah, you don't get to see a lot of the open area and and the hills and the lakes like you do in Montana. You know, because we, as a country, have just consumed so much of the open land with with commercial you know commercial buildings or homes and montana still has that nature home feeling and it's it's absolutely beautiful so definitely a good choice yes it's just people are like well what do you love about it i'm like you just won't even understand unless you go there and see it for yourself like Mm -hmm. it's beautiful like even though you know it's so cold like, I think while we were there, the coldest it got, like, what just the field temperature was negative 42. Um, but it was amazing. I would go back today if I could. So cool. Awesome. Okay. So I'll, I will stop hounding you with the, with the RV living now. No, and I want fine. to, uh, okay. And I want to kind of go back to, uh, your social media and your TikTok. I know we had a little bit of a, a text conversation earlier about how we're, we are both similar in the fact that we aren't very good with social media as a whole, but we both kind of have, I guess, gotten lucky with TikTok. And um, I guess, what is your favorite part about TikTok uh, since now knowing that you haven't really put the time and effort into social media in the past, but now that you have a following and and now that you have to basically obtain your content or uh, I should say, stay up with your content. So your fans are, you know, happy because they want to see you all the time. So I'm curious, what is your favorite part about doing the whole TikTok thing now? Honestly, I would say my favorite part is just connecting with all of my followers. I have had quite a few of my followers are literally from the very beginning. Like when I had maybe 10,000 followers, several of them are like just, you know, from the beginning. And I just love connecting with them, talking to everybody. Um, You know, I try to get to everybody's 
uh, questions, like especially when I'm on live, so many comments are coming through, but I try to respond to everyone um, and, you know, just talk to them and, you know, try to get to know them, even though, you know, I may not ever meet them in life, in real life. Um, but, you know, still like they support me, they encourage me and things like that. And I truly appreciate that. And it's just turned into like, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like the amount I have grown over the past few months is just insane to me. Yeah. And I'm curious. So when you, you said your very first video you posted, you went viral. Now, how many followers did you gain off of that first video? Um, I would say just a few thousand, maybe around 2000. Um, and when I say it went viral, I don't know. Everybody's viral is probably different. Mine was around like 350,000 uh, views. Um, but I think I got anywhere between two and 3000 followers from it. Um, and then go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry. Um, and then, like I said, I hardly posted, uh, I didn't know what to post. I didn't know really even how to work TikTok. So I probably didn't make another video for several weeks. And of course, you know, that one didn't go viral. Every video didn't go viral, but my very first one did. And I think that's what kind of encouraged me to you know like post another one and that's what everybody will say like well how did you get started on tiktok or what do i need to do to get followers and literally i've told every single person over and over again you never know what will go viral just keep posting and put every hashtag you can with it yeah and so you never had to experience the i guess not being able to go live the I guess like the quote unquote struggles of, of trying to build a a successful page because I mean, getting two to 3000 followers off of one, your very first video, that's incredible. I know when I first started, I mean, I had no idea. I, I mean, I knew nothing about the hashtags. I knew nothing about what to put or what to post. So mm-hmm. I was posting and I still like, I still post the same thing. So my content is a lot of, you know, putting myself into movie scenes and recreating a scene and trying to make it funny. And it it took a while to catch on. I mean, honestly, I was stuck at about 500 followers for the first six or seven months before a video actually took off and, and did something. And I've only had like, I guess viral wise, maybe three or four videos that have gone in the millions of, of um, views. And then I've had several that have gone into hundred thousands of views, but then I, I kind of peaked, you know, and then it kind of, it kind of went back down and now I'm getting like five, 600, sometimes 12,000. Like it, it's all over the place. But I think what has helped maintain my page is this podcast. I mean, if I don't, I think if I never would have, I guess, came up with this idea of doing a podcast and, and interviewing social media influencers and giving their fans an opportunity to hear their stories, uh, I don't know that my page would be anything now, you know, and it's, it, it's kind of crazy and it still baffles me that I'm even in over a hundred thousand people 
following my page. Like that to me is just insane. And it's sometimes kind of overwhelming. Like I'm like, man, if I ever got to a million, having to keep up with, with that many people and giving them, giving them the content that they want. I'm like, like my anxiety is kind of like, I'm kind of stressed out about this, to be honest. And I haven't even gotten there and I don't know if I'll ever get there. Do you feel that way? I do. I like, I haven't posted today and my anxiety is so bad. I'm like, okay, I have not posted, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but it's just crazy. Like, I feel like I go in like little peaks because like just this past week I've gained over 10,000 followers next week. I might not get a hundred followers, but I do have two videos that have went viral the past week. So like ones that over 5 million views and ones that over a million views. Um, I really truly think it's just like, I think it's TikTok. Like, I don't know. It's just, Sometimes it does good and sometimes it don't. Um, yeah. Now I will say within the past couple months, I haven't had a video under 10,000 views, which I think is incredible. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm so thankful for it. Um, but it's just my anxiety gets bad too. Like I think, okay, what am I going to post today? And then it's a little easier for me, like when I'm on in routine and on schedule, because I cook almost every day for my family. So I know nine times out of 10, I have a recipe to post, even if it's one. I try not to double post my recipes, um, but, uh, you know, every once in a while I will. So I try to, you know, at least stick to that content. But I try to, you know, do some RV life, some just, you know, the sounds that you hear on TikTok. Um, you know, I try to just find different ones, you know, to keep it up and to keep it going. But I get stressed out, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you said earlier that your husband, he has always watched TikTok, but he's never uh, actually like made videos like he, he doesn't create videos. Now, I'm curious with you now being an influencer and a creator yourself, uh, how does he feel about, about the whole TikTok thing? So since I have, um, you know, been posting more and more, he has posted a handful, but I probably only like five or six videos. Um, he gets in my lives a pretty good bit and he's in quite a few of my videos, especially like my recipe videos. He always does his, um, what he thinks of it at the end. Um, but he supports me a hundred percent. Um, he thinks that, you know, it's just, it's amazing. And which it is, you know, we're so thankful for it. We're thankful for everybody that supports us. Um, it's just still a little crazy to us because it's like, wow, like literally just a couple months ago, I had just hit a hundred thousand and I'm not that far away from hitting 200,000. Like it's insane. Yeah. And now that you have been able to watch this crazy growth, have you kind of uh, thought about possible goals that you may want to achieve now that you are kind of in this position? Um, Absolutely. Like I'll set little goals for myself here and there. Like I would love to reach 200,000 followers by like the end of January. Like that's my little goal right now. Um, but 
you know, like, I want to, I don't want it to, um, I don't even know how to word it. Like, my account could get banned at any point in time, you know? Sure. So, like, I don't want it to become too much because you never know what could happen, right? Right. Um, I am try- trying to, like, currently build my Facebook up because TikTok's crazy, <laughs> Um, you yeah. know, but, um, it's just, uh, I don't know. I- I'm thankful for all the love and support and it's just, it's still crazy to me. And actually you brought up Facebook to me earlier. You, you had texted me and asked if I had a Facebook page and I wasn't sure if you were asking for like my own personal, uh, Facebook page or, a podcast uh, page and I don't have a podcast page on Facebook, but you had me thinking like ever since I read that text, I'm like, maybe I, I cause I kind of thought like Facebook was kind of old news, you know, but, and, but I'm thinking now I'm like, maybe it would be beneficial for me to start a Facebook page for this podcast. I just haven't had a lot of people ask me about it. So, you know, um, I thought Facebook was old news as well. And I just got on Facebook as Traveling Mama of Two just a few months ago. And I'm almost to 3,000 followers, which, you know, isn't much. But, you know, they still support me 100% on there. Um, now, I feel like it does. I don't post many reels. So, so like, reels is what you, um, I guess some people could get paid for. Um mm-hmm. I've posted a handful and I'm really not too active on my Facebook. I need to be more active. Um, but I have found, you know, quite a few people have get on Facebook more than they do TikTok. Um, but a few creators I have spoke to actually prefer Facebook compared to TikTok. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what made me go to more, you know, to start trying to build my Facebook. They're like, you know, Facebook offers this and, you know, this and this. And they're talking about, you know, taking TikTok down and all this, which, you know, probably isn't true. But if you come to think about it, Facebook's been around a long time. And, you know, so I'm trying to start, you know, creating a little more on Facebook compared to TikTok. Okay. And I have to ask because I, I have no experience in trying to, I guess, build a following on Facebook. Now, if I were to create, you know, a page that I want it to grow and get attention, did you, like, are all your followers, followers that have basically come from maybe TikTok or have you built a complete new following on Facebook? And if so, how did you do it? I would say, I don't know, probably about 60% is from TikTok. Um, but quite a few is just on Facebook. Um, so you can create reels on Facebook. Um, and I still don't know much about Facebook at all whatsoever. I'm still learning every day. Um, but you can use Mm -hmm. hashtags just like you do on TikTok and things like that. Um, and I mean, they can go viral on Facebook like they do on TikTok. I find like, which I haven't posted much, but I find like they don't do as good as what TikTok would do. Um, But I guess it's because, you know, I haven't got my following up either. So, um, 
yeah, I would say, you know, go for it. It's not going to hurt anything, you know, to, you know, make you a page and start posting. And, you know, you can do clips of your podcast as reels and things like that. You never know where it will, what it will take off to. Yeah, I guess with Facebook, have you found a pretty good strategy as far as what to, I guess, put in the description like, do you use a lot of hashtags or do you just briefly describe what the video is? Um, so I briefly describe what the video is and I do try to use hashtags, like as far as what it's about, um, what it's related to. And I find that that helps more, especially like on my TikTok. I feel like if I post, um, I don't know if I post a TikTok and I use just say 15 hashtags, it's going to do better than a video with five hashtags. Okay. Um, but that's just my experience. Some people, even um, a few friends I have that have a bigger following than me, they hardly use any hashtags now. Um, yeah. I, I think everybody's TikTok's different. Sure. Yeah. And I think one thing I have learned about social media is TikTok is definitely the easiest platform to gain a following because you, it doesn't, you know, you never know like any video, whether it's a video of you filming your wall in your room or, you know, you're going full out and doing a, a parody or, or playing a joke on someone. You never know what's going to go viral. Anything at any time could go viral. And Absolutely. I don't, yeah. And I don't feel that same way with Instagram, you, YouTube, especially it's really hard on YouTube and Facebook as well. I feel at least from what I know of Facebook and of certain pages, I feel like it's really hard to obtain that, that big following. So when you said you had 3000 followers on Facebook, to me, 3000 followers on Facebook is equivalent to probably 30 to 40,000 on, on TikTok. You know what I mean? Just because of right. how easy, how much easier it is to generate a following on TikTok. So 3000, that's amazing. And I, and I am now you've encouraged me to, to do that. And I actually, I'll probably start my Facebook tonight. So any listeners, please go on Facebook and, and find yeah. the podcast page and help me out. That'd be amazing. And of course, Absolutely. uh, yeah, and of course, uh, a fine Jasmine on on hers as well, and and you said it's also traveling mama of two on Facebook. Yes, traveling mama of two on all platforms. I have TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. I am not as active on YouTube or Instagram. Um, it's more TikTok, Facebook, but I'm gonna try to get better on the others. Um, I got a new camera for Christmas to record. Um, you know, more day in the lives and things like that. So I'm going to try to do better there. That That's amazing. And I, I'm so excited for what you have to come. I really think that at least from my past guests, I have uh, really done a good job of knowing and having people on that I think have a lot of potential and are going to go somewhere in the social media world and you are definitely one of those people that I feel is on track to do amazing things 
and I'm so excited to see what's next and, and how far you take it. And it's so cool that, uh, you know, I think this is your first podcast you've ever done. It is. So, so I, I feel ecstatic about that alone, that once you're super famous on social media, <laughs> that I got to be your, your first uh, podcast. Cause I think once you hit that in a, whether it's six months, a year, two years, uh, it, you're, it's going to be really hard to, uh, to get a hold of you. So I, I think Aww. that's amazing. I got to have you on first. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Yeah. And so I have some lightning round questions that I like to do with my guests at the end of the show. If, if you're okay with that. Yeah, sure. Okay. So my first question is if you won the lotto, what would be your first purchase? First purchase? Um, probably a vacation home. Okay. Wow. I mean, that, that I, I, I admire that. I mean, you just say you've won a hundred million dollars and, all you care about is going home and seeing your family. I think that's so cool. And, okay. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? Biggest pet peeve? Um, probably my husband just trying to do something to aggravate me just to, you know, <laughs> just to aggravate me. It could be any little thing. In his defense, though, I think that's kind of our job as a husband yes. uh, to, to kind of keep, you know, the wife, on their to- on their toes a little bit. So right. <laughs> don't get too upset with him. No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> um, let's see. If your life was a movie, what movie would you compare it to? Oh, wow. Um, that's a tough one. Um, it is very tough. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't okay. know if there's a movie out there. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure. Let me, let me think on that one. Sure. How about, uh, do you have a celebrity crush? Crush? Um, you know, growing up, I always liked Brad Pitt. Mm. Um, who doesn't? Right. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll have to stick with him. Okay. And then, uh, what do you want to be remembered for? Remembered? Um, know just being myself trying to help support anyone that i can being there for anybody that i can um and that that's what i try to do in life okay and then uh with this episode coming out my first episode in the new year uh do you have a new year's resolution that you would like to share with everybody um i Sort of. So the past couple months, if you've been on my TikTok, um, I tend to stay up later, uh, do late night lives and things like that. And I used to not be like that. I used to go to bed 10 o'clock and wake up at four o'clock with Josh cooking breakfast and start my day. So that is my New Year's resolution to get back on track and, you know, start waking up with Josh at four o'clock in the morning and getting into a better routine. Okay. And I have to say along those lines, thank you for being, uh, I guess available to come on. Cause I know it's super late for you right now. So it means a lot to me that you, uh, were willing to come on, even though it's way past your bedtime, I'm sure over there. <laughs> uh, that's okay. Um, 
it's not out of the normal for me right now. Anyways, it's twelve forty four a.m., but it's fine. I had me a good nap after that hike. Okay. All right. And then I just have one more question and, uh, mm-hmm. I, I, this is my favorite question. So I always ask it last, but who is your favorite TikTok creator? Favorite TikTok creator. So I really like, um, I like to, I, I love watching dimps and I love a bunny. Um, Buddy? Jelly's wife, bunny, jelly's wife. Oh, Jelly I, I don't know who that is. Oh yes, yes, I know who I know how, who uh, Jelly Roll is. Okay, I didn't know his wife had a TikTok. Yeah, she actually has a podcast. I listen to her. Oh really? Yeah. Um, cool. Very interesting. Yeah, the Dumb Blonde podcast. I think. Okay. Well, I will have to check that out. So, Jasmine, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and allowing me to just pick your brain on on the the RV lifestyle. And um, this has been so much fun for me and I've gained so much information and, and uh, it's, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes. You are welcome back anytime. And so when you do become super famous, uh, don't forget about us little people and, and please come back on the show and, and, uh, and share all your new adventures with us. Absolutely. All right. So I'll go ahead and end the show now. And then, uh, kind of like what I said at the beginning, if you could just hold on, we'll let it finish uploading and then I'll let you go right to bed. (laughs) Sounds good. Thank you. All right. Well, Jasmine, you take care and I'm so excited to see where you go from here and uh, let's keep in touch. And hopefully maybe one day you guys will end up in Colorado and, and uh, you and your husband and me and my wife, we can go have a nice dinner or something. Yes, absolutely. I would love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much and have a great night. All right. Bye-bye. Talking with Kevin Hughes. Boom, what a banger that was. I'm telling you, Jasmine is so freaking awesome. Like, I cannot tell you. I have so many guests that come on the show. There are a few that I would say I just uh, connect so well with. And Jasmine is one of those people. And I don't know if it's just how nice she is or how welcoming she is or how just great of a person she is. Either way. It was just so much fun and I had a blast getting to know her and learning about her lifestyle and, you know, living in an RV or a camper and it was just so much fun. I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Now, as always, I will have another fantastic guest for you right here on TikToking next week. So if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening and good night. Bye-bye now.